Cut the crap. How many times a day do you want to say that to politicians, the elite, the loony liberals, the fake news media, and the gender-confused, emotional socialist snowflake crowd? Cut the crap is your secret weapon for fighting for our freedoms and our great republic. It all begins with a massive mental enema, freeing you from the toxic news and politically correct views, which constipate your consciousness with stinking thinking. Your host, Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer, is known for calling out politicians and telling them to cut the crap. You've seen him on virtually every television network and listened to him on Coast to Coast Radio. And now, he's here to help you learn to fight for America. Culture, race, and American politics, they all have one thing in common. They all need to cut the crap. Now, here's your host, Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer. Hey there, folks. Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. How is it going? Welcome to uh, Cut the Crap. Uh, the question that we all have on our mind right now is what comes next? Of course, when I talk about crap, I'm talking about culture, race, and American politics. There's probably no better person to answer for all of us about what comes next. What's our next move? What's our next step? And how do we get ready for what's coming next? Better than my. Uh, guest tonight, General Michael Flynn. Hey, General Flynn, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jovan, and thank you very much for having me on and, and uh, for uh, working out schedules and such. And I really do appreciate your audience. You have a uh, you have a, a great, great audience of people who I know are switched on, and they're they're also very active. They're active. They, I know the the type of people that that are out there listening to you are also going to take that information and they're gonna they're gonna challenge. Uh, people in their own communities. That's what we need to do. Absolutely. So, General, first, let, let's just touch on Arizona a little bit first. Yeah. I know all of us were expecting one thing, which was our hopes. If if it was us running elections, we would have run them according to the rule of law. And then there was a part of us expecting that these guys are going to continue to do what they do, which they did. And here we are. Let's just start with Arizona. Your take on Arizona midterms? Yeah, so a, a couple of things, and you may have covered this in, in previous uh, broadcasts or whatever, but, I, you know, one, one of the things I want people to understand is that uh, the 2020 elections in, in Arizona, in Maricopa County, were, were, there was all kinds of problems. I mean, talk about, you know, let's not, let's not go to the fraud or the criminal activity. Let's just talk about a system that was totally broken. And instead of fixing it, they actually made it worse. So right. it, it wasn't, it, there was no improvement. Anytime you have anybody that that allows uh, a, a system or a process to get worse in a you know in government, you got to get rid of those people. And 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 so one, we got to get rid of these people. I mean that's number one. But number two, they there was no fixing of the problem. So shame on you, Governor Ducey, to have another international embarrassment for the entirety of the United States of America. The second thing, and these are just some tactical details that I've learned. Uh, you know, paying attention to all this in in Arizona, and I'm certain certain in a couple of other states, but in Arizona they have a mining a mining inspector, and a mining inspector gets voted in. And because I, I lived I lived in Arizona, so 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 people know I lived in Arizona for the better part of almost seven years. One of my sons was born there, a station down in the southern part of Arizona, Cochise County, by the way, at Fort Huachuca, Arizona. 
and I, I did a lot of work along the borders, and I and I ran the uh, the intelligence school there. Um, so I know a lot about Arizona. Well, they have a mining inspector that's on the docket. It's on that gets voted in every every uh, every election cycle. Well, the mining inspector got four hundred thousand more vote, votes than Hobbs than Katie Hobbs. Four hundred thousand. The the woman who ran for treasurer, the, the the state treasurer's office. I think the number was like 235,000 more votes than Hobbs. And they were both Republican candidates. So they won as Republicans. So the mining inspector, so somebody's going to try to tell me that, you know, the talk about the, you know, I, I call it bovine excrement, right? <laughs> bovine excrement. It's, you know, talk about cut the crap. If, if they want, if somebody wants me to believe that the mining inspector of the state of Arizona got 400,000 more votes than, than Katie Hobbs, yet Katie Hobbs won the governor election. There's no way in the world. It, it just, it just does not pass the, it's the, it's, it, it doesn't pass the common sense test. And so therefore it's total bullshit. And I hate to, I hate to be it so. Is, it, is, it is what it is. Um, so, it, it is and, a sign of straight down ticket voting. Sorry. Go oh, ahead. That, that's right. No, well, that's right. So when people go in to vote and I'm, I consider myself, a, you know, an average person, you know, I go in to vote and I I'm going to vote and, you know, for the for the values that I that I believe in. And, and I'm, I have I have conservative values. So I'm going to typically vote for the Republican candidates. And frankly, you know, my I'm voting in Florida. So I voted in Florida. So I voted for, you know, the America first candidates, which I, you know, I'm a big fan of that particular governing philosophy. But I just can't see somebody going in and saying, oh, no, I'm going to vote for Katie Hobbs, but I'm going to vote for the Republican for mining inspector. 400,000 more votes than Katie Hobbs. So, so those two, just those two things, one's very strategic, which is from 2020 to 2022, the state of Arizona is a international embarrassment to, uh, to the United States of America because, and, and, and those are the people really specifically, those are the, the, the uh, board of supervisors inside of Maricopa County. It, it's so egregious. And, and I know that there is, there is going to be some criminality that will be uh, alleged and it already has been alleged and there's going to be some filing of criminal actions uh, as well as civil actions because some of the things and, and, and Jovan you know this and then the other side is the tactical action is you just can't have outcomes like we have in Arizona and these big disparities between down vote Republicans down ballot Republicans and the top of the ticket uh, Republican for the Republican Party, you know, for the for the governor's race, it, it just it's such it's so frustrating, and you know I have a again I have a lot of uh, a lot of time out in Arizona, a lot of friends out in Arizona, particularly down in the southern part, and a lot of former military, a lot of retired, a lot of retired, a lot of vets up in Davis Montem, up in the Tucson area, you know, the you got Pima County, and so I know a lot about that state, and I know a lot about uh, I know the I know the people, and these are hard hardy. People, uh, they they uh, they don't like the nonsense, and frankly, they're really tired of it. Now, the problem the problem is is that you have we have such a conflict of interest with Katie Hobbs. There's such an extreme conflict of interest with her, uh, essentially threatening uh, felony charges against board boards of supervisors. You know, because of because she's basically saying, if you don't vote for me. If you don't That's vote right. in my from for my for my candidacy, my my victory, I'm going to charge you with a felony. I'm going to bring felony charges on your head. So the board of supervisors 
So you really don't have, I, I guess what I'm telling the those maybe board of supervisors that are watching on Arizona. So I guess you don't have a choice. So you don't have a choice as a board of supervisors. You don't have a choice between yes and no. Because if you don't think that you can vote because of the because of the you think the certification process was flawed, you should be able to vote no without being threatened with a felony. So I mean, how do we get to this place? And and because uh, I, I do want to talk about you know where I think you know kind of the what's next and where I think we're going, but those are just some of the issues in play. There are there are going to be uh, legal actions that are going to be brought to bear, and there's some really uh, I think there's some really smart people that are putting some stuff together, and uh, and I just I just believe that uh, and and I I'm a big big fan of Carrie Lake, and I think Absolutely. that Carrie Lake, yeah, I mean I mean. Carrie Lake, uh, you know, she's not she's not going to quit. She's not going to concede. She should not. She should not um, uh, give in. She should not compromise on anything. She should just continue to fight tooth and nail. At all. So, folks, hang tight. We've got to go to a break here. And uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask General Flynn, does he think this might might uh, be the sign of a final wake up call? For the GOP, will they realize that what they've been doing doesn't work, that we're really in trouble, and that we need them to kind of ungreedy themselves to help us out? Folks, do us a favor. Fight this war. One finger war. Share this program right now. We'll be right back uh, right after this brief message. Okay, folks, I'm doing my format. Just a heads up real quick. I'm going to do my format tonight in a little bit uh, different format. In order, in order to format this for radio, which requires that I have uh, fixed commercial breaks, that's what you just saw. You're not going to see the commercials as we go through this. We're going to maximize the general's time, uh, wade through it. You've seen me uh, do this before. So we're going to come back in and uh, get right back to it. So hang tight. Ready? Here we go. Okay, folks, we're back with Cut the Crap, Culture, Race, and American Politics. My guest, General Michael Flynn. General, I got a question for you. Uh, not that I expect the GOP to wake up. I no longer believe we have two parties. Most people don't believe we have two parties. We have one uniparty that seems to be greedy. I don't call a grand old party. I call them greedy old prostitutes. Do you think any <laughs> section of this, do, has, has there been a wake-up call with what just happened in the midterms? You know, I... I... <sighs> For some, but not for all. If if there was a wake-up call, then Kevin McCarthy should not have accepted an invitation to sit at the at the Macron White House dinner with Hunter Biden at Hunter Biden's table. Yes. So for Kevin McCarthy, so so Kevin McCarthy has not woken up. He does not realize. I mean, talk about living in a in a in, you know in a, in, a, in the bubble. I mean, the Washington D.C. bubble. For him to have gone and attended that. You know, it's one thing to, rec to, to recognize a foreign leader and in, in, in a visit. You know, he could have done it in a different way. But for him to accept, trust me, they put, they were, this, this is how smart, this is how masterfully uh, strategic the, uh, the Democrats are, right? The, the left is. They ensured that McCarthy was going to sit at the table with, with uh, Hunter Biden eating lobster, right? I mean, give me a break. So, so your question about waking up. So that's one example. That is one example of somebody who doesn't get it. And, you know, I, I, I can't sit here and say that I know Kevin McCarthy because I really don't. And, and the more I pay attention to him, the more I watch him, I'm thinking to myself, this guy is living in, is, you know, he's, 
He's living on another planet because he definitely I think, doesn't. I think he, need, I think he needs to go. He is bad. Oh, he needs to go. He, has yeah, to he, go. he needs to go. He needs to go. And and, and there needs to be a, a, a I mean, a, a, a leader with a steel backbone, a, a speaker of the house with a steel backbone and just uncompromising, will not concede, will not give up on any of the values, will not, will not, you know, this is no, this is no longer about big government and little government, higher taxes and lower taxes. This is about a, a shift towards socialism and communism. Maybe, maybe there's components, you know, because I, you know, I, I talk about fascism once in a while, but, but there is a shift to the left of the spectrum of ideologies, you know, versus really a conservative country, because even, even those still progressive or liberal or Democrats, I mean, there are some young people, there are some people that are at my, my age category that are out there voting Democrat, and they just think, oh, I didn't like Donald Trump, or I didn't like, you know, these are these these people that like Trump in 2022. So I'm going to vote. I'm going to continue to vote Democrat, or I'm not going to vote. Um, so, so you know, is have they woken up? Here's what I think needs to happen, and I think uh, this is this is really I think it's really important. The there are there is a body. So first of all, we won the House. Okay. So we we need to um, we need to actually. You know, come up with a strategy, and 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 Jovan, and for your audience, and, and your audience, you know, may probably already knows this, but I I just posted it online. You read online, I think on a radio show, you read the the memo, this 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 Democratic memo that lays out their their scratch, their basically their their plan, right? right? It's like cap, it's like capturing the enemy's plan. So you laid that out, and people need to go uh, go listen to that too. So maybe you can post the link off of this show. But because um, it's only I don't know it's a ten minute thing it's great very good very uh, worth listening to so what what should the what should the Republicans do the Republicans need to study that and then they need to think a little bit more counterintuitively they need to say okay so they're expecting this we should do X you know they're expecting A we should do you know R or we should do Z they're expecting B. They're, I mean, they lay it out. They're expecting A, B, C, and D in terms of what the Republicans are probably going to investigate when they when they uh, take power in January. And what the Republicans ought to do is they ought to get together quietly in a back room with no leaks, right? And they ought to say, okay, here's what is here's what they expect. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to come out of the gates, right? We're going to come out of the gates. And we're going to come out of the gates differently than what they expect. And that's what they should do. And, and I don't want to, you know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, maybe I, maybe I talk a little bit about like, what are some of the things, you know, they're talking about impeachment and they're talking about investigating the border and investigating January 6th and investigating, you know, the, the sort of the normal thing, Mayorkas, impeaching Mayorkas. I mean, right. they, ought to, they ought to go right after the rule of law. The rule of law is number one. It does, it's not really addressed in there in that, in that at all. In fact, it's not addressed. They ought to go after the rule of law. They ought to go after our law enforcement agencies. They ought to go after the Department of Justice. And then the next thing that they ought to do is they ought to go after elections and, and the election processes. And, and then the, the third thing, and this is because I've lived this and I know I know what is possible. They ought to go after the a I, I would call it in a big way, a government shutdown. It's like just just shut the government down, right? That's right. the per the purse strings. The money comes out of the house. It comes out of the house. You know, the Senate washes it a little bit, and they they put their little ads on it, and then they send it back. But really, it's the house that that decides on 
whether or not a budget is going to be spent. So, so the, the, the budget for this past year is done that, that the, you know, the Democrats were able to, to do that. It's in play, but now we ought to just look at shutting down. I mean, shut down the federal government. I've been in, I've been in a couple of, of, uh, of government shutdowns. And frankly, when Washington DC, when everybody in Washington DC is told to stay home for a month, honest to God, the country runs just fine. It runs it just does. fine. It does. It really, it really does. And you know, what they do is they say, we're going to shut the government down and, and everybody's going to be furloughed or we're going to, you know, we're going to have uh, a real, you know, a, 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 a riff, you know, a, a type of riff kind of thing. And actually the, the house can do those kinds of things that there should be massive, massive threats to the size and scale and, and uh, the radical, radical activities of the federal government and the house for the next two years to show some spine, show some backbone, show some, some, some grit and courage. They need to really take the role that the, the authority and the responsibility that, that they have as a body, as a leadership body. And they ought to go to, you know, Katie bar the door kind of feeling, right? They ought to go to town on the federal government. I absolutely believe that. Folks, do me a favor, share the program. We're headed into a quick break. I am 100% for shutting this government down, cut off the purse strings, and get this fixed, especially the rule of law. Hang tight, folks. Share this program. We'll be right back with General Flynn right after this. Okay, folks, we're back. We're talking about what would General Flynn do? What would be the next move, the next steps to get us to the next place in this mess? General Flynn, if they focused on rule of law, yeah. Would we not also, what would we not just get rule, face, do the rule of law, like the rule of law, uh, law on the books? Won't we clean up a lot of our border issues, a lot of our election issues, a lot of our uh, three letter agencies, et cetera, issues, just focusing on that one topic? Don't they come bundled together somewhat? Absolutely. And the, and the rule of law is one of the most precious things that we have. And I mean, other than the sacrosanctity of, of, one person, one vote in a, you know, in this, uh, in this experiment in democracy called the constitutional republic, the rule of law is the essence of that. So, you know, there's been a whole bunch of, uh, of whistleblowers, right? So I, I think the American public would love to see these whistleblowers brought in, testify publicly in camera, you know, under oath and tell us what, tell us what they, what we already kind of sensed and know, right? But, but we want to know, we want to hear, hear more of the, more of the details and more of the, you know, the the the, the inner the inner sanctum uh, uh, conversations and discussions that are going on within the rank and file, and then once we get that and the American people have heard that, then they start bringing in all of the leaders in the rule, you know, the quote unquote leaders in the right. rule of law community. And the rule of law community is not just the FBI, not just the Department of Justice. It's it's every federal agency. I mean, we have, but most people don't know we have probably. Uh, and this doesn't include the 87,000 new IRS agents, right? right. We have around 130,000 federal law enforcement uh, uh, police or, or, or uh, agents, right? 130,000. Oh, it's, probably, it's probably higher than that. About every single department in the government has its own law enforcement arm. And I mean, its own SWAT teams and everything else. And, the, uh, and then now you're going to add another 87,000 to the IRS. One of the things that a that that a dictatorship does over time, and 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 how we have done this, how they have done this is when they say defund the police, and you and you're you're now your police forces on the city streets of America, you know local local police forces, 
they're, they're having a tough time recruiting right now. And, it, and they're having a tough time recruiting because you have all these DAs that are, you know, that somebody gets a, somebody gets a, cr- a criminal that they come in and the DA lets them go. And we're talking about pedophiles, murderers, arsonists, b- b- breaking and entering a robbery, all these people. And they're, we have just beaten down our local law enforcement professionals to the point where they're, they're quitting, they're committing suicide. They are, uh, they're not being able to recruit, but yet the federal government, the federal government is growing its law enforcement arm. So in, in, and we're the only country in the world, okay, we're the only country in the world, that's why rule, this, this all ties into what we're talking about with rule of law and what the house should go after. We're the only country in the world that has that, that fundamental component of our society, which is really local policing. And, 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 it's, and it's local law enforcement in a town or a parish or a, or a community, right? All these other countries on the, around the world, they have, it's all national police. And you go, well, who's, you know, who arrested that person in uh, you know, small town you know, France? That's a, national, that's a national police department. Same with even in, in, uh, in uh, England, same kind of, same kind of setup. So um, the United States has it. So what the left has done is they've broken down the rule of law and they've said defund the police, defund the police. Police are bad. Police are bad. Police are bad. All while they have been quietly growing at the national level and growing a national uh, police force. Okay, in these different departments across the board, and we're probably looking at by the time that they they get all these IRS agents on board, these armed IRS agents. Right. We're looking at over two hundred thousand. Now I will tell you on the. In the because I, I as an assistant director of national intelligence for partner engagement, one of the things that I did at that level, national intelligence level, was I was in charge of, of local, state, uh, federal, and tribal international and national uh, relationships, right? For for uh, for intelligence sharing, especially for intelligence sharing. So I went around the country quite a bit, and I met with local, state, federal, and tribal uh, um, law enforcement organizations. And I'm telling you, we have about nine hundred fifty thousand. Uh, law enforcement uh, agents, you know, police in our country. Never mind the uh, the um, the federal level. So now, in the last couple of years, we have seen an explosion in the sc- in the size, scale, and then the scope, which is even more scary. The scope of these law enforcement, uh, these federal law enforcement organizations. What the left wants is the left wants they want they want to eliminate. They would love to eliminate local policing. And they would love to go to a national police force. They would love to nationalize all police forces. I forget what what order it is and what year it was, but it was back back a couple of decades ago where the military, the Department of Defense, can actually militarize any level of law enforcement that they want in a in a state of emergency. And I, and I there's a there's a uh, there's a uh, an order that does that, and that's been signed off by uh, presidents, and it hasn't been hasn't been changed. So these are scary things. The rule of law should be one of the first things that the House goes after to to regain the confidence in the American people to at least they're not going to fix it, Joe Bond. They're not going to fix no. it. Not, right. not, not, not in this amount of time that we that we have. But what they can do is they can start to challenge and they should hold these some of these people. They should hold a lot of these people in contempt because a lot of these guys are going to get in there and they're going to say, you know, I don't know anything. I don't remember nothing. I, you know, no, we don't do that. I mean. You know, but the the problem is is who do you send them to, right? So if you're sure. a Republican and you and somebody gets in there and lies to Congress, like we already know, like guys like Clapper, Brennan, Comey, they all lied. They all lied. McCabe, 
all lied. Not, you know, and they and the Senate Judiciary under Lindsey Graham did not send them over to the Department of Justice under Trump uh, in, in contempt at all. And so they just let them go. We let them go. So our problem is this. We, we have an ability to hold people's feet to the fire, do it publicly, do it in front of the American people, and do it live, right? Just like the, the Democrats did with the 1-6 committee, right? They I ran agree. like a, almost like a, like a TV show. Right. They, we should do this. Believe me, the people of this country would be highly interested, especially if you, as you start bringing in these, these, these whistleblowers, you start bringing in the leadership of these different agencies and activities. And then you make decisions based on what you learn, because you're going to learn a lot. And the people of America are going to wake up even more. And, and then what happens is, is now you can talk about who should you impeach, because it's the House that impeaches. You know, the Senate gives its, it gives its premature stamp, but it's the House that can impeach. And so we, then we go after the impeachment process. And now we can talk about impeaching the FBI director, the department, you know, the attorney general, the, the Department of Homeland Security, the president of the United States, the vice president. I mean, you know, it's like, why not? The, the Democrats, that's, what, that's all the Democrats did for four years is they went after they went after me, got me out of there right away, which was, you know, I always tell people, Jovan, that had I not left the White House, we'd have never had a Mueller investigation. Yep. That's, that's that's that is a huge statement that's, right there. Yeah, they know that. So so we had that. And so four years and they still they're still going after Trump for anything, for anything. And yet we have the one of the highest murder rates in New York City and the attorney general up in New York City, who just I think just fired her deputy for for uh, sexual harassment. I mean, these people are it, it, there's, there's so much there's they're, they're, they're sick. These are sick people. And we should not compromise. We should not concede. We should not give in. We, we, there's none of this. Oh, well, you know, I'll compromise on, uh, you know, like the Senate just did. What do we have? 13, 14 Republican senators that just voted on, uh, on gay marriage. Right. Right. On gay marriage. So it's going to go over to the, to the, uh, to the president and the president's going to sign it in the law. So we're going to have a law now that says that, you know, I mean, I, I, here's, I, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to disparage people who love each other. But when you start to go that route, you cannot have a nation without procreation. Okay. Very so, true. so I'm going to say that again. You cannot have a nation without procreation. You cannot sustain a nation without procreation. And, and two men or two women can't do that. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry, but you just cannot do that. Now, can you adopt and all that? Uh, you know, but again, we had, we had a lot of Republicans in the Senate. I think it was 12 or 13 that voted for it. And so now what I'm doing is I don't have the I don't have my data yet, but I'm going to have it probably by tomorrow because I'm going to I'm going to be doing some work tonight. I'm looking at the, uh, the 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 you know how many of those count themselves as Christians, right? How many of those are Christians? How many of those you know have a have a faith based in Christianity? And you know it's like I, it's like you know myself and a, and a and a fellow priest we like to say you know that if you're a if you're a, a Catholic you can't be a Democrat just because Democrats believe in abortion, right. right? And so, but if you're a Catholic, you're not supposed to. So, I mean, what a oxymoron there, my God. But, but there's a lot of Democrats who are Catholics and, and you say to yourself, I mean, something's wrong. Something is wrong with you because you can't believe, you can't have this belief and be, and, and believe in, and, and, and pretend, go to church on Sunday and pretend like you're a good Catholic. I mean, I, I you know, 
I, and I'm all I'm all for forgiveness too. So no, absolutely, I, I worry about this, especially with this fellow that dresses like a puppy, that dresses in high heels, that right. handles our nuke stuff, that just got arrested for stealing a bag. All the posing shoplifting. I mean, you're yeah, right. You're right. What what must our troops be going through? What I can what I can tell you. So yeah, good troops. Good question, and and I'm I'm glad we we're going this this particular path right now. The the military, you know, we just had a uh, a lieutenant colonel, so uh, a young man, 19 years in the army, uh, selected and was in command of a battalion in our in the very famous 101st Airborne Division, right? 101st Airborne Division, you know, came to great fame in in World War II. So very, very uh, screaming eagles, right? That's their that's their name, their moniker. And so, the lieutenant colonel, nineteen years, uh, he basically was was wasn't going to get the shot, right? And he was and he was trying. He was you know put in a religious exemption and all that, and and and, and they were going to refuse it. And and he's in command, so you don't get selected for command in the hundred first unless you're one of the rising stars. Okay, Absolutely. so this guy. This guy is in the top 1% of all of our officers at that level, top 1%. And I mean top 1%. These, are, these guys are highly, they're, they're, they're rigorously selected. They're highly sought after and, and, you know, on, on commands and staffs and such. This guy walked away from, from, a mili- from, his, from his retirement, right? 19 years, didn't, didn't, he said, I'm done. And he walked away. Well, I, I tell all that because I want people to understand that that sentiment out of that that brave officer is exactly how many in the rank and file feel. The problem is, is that, and I, I, so so for those military that are still that are actively serving our military, believe me, there's plenty of jobs. There's plenty of jobs out here. There's a lot of jobs, and there's a lot of there's a lot of conservative-owned uh, companies, patriotic companies that uh, that will hire you in a second. So so, and I hate. That, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I know. I know. We go to. Uh... Yeah, you better believe it, folks. We're going to continue this discussion because this is an important thing when our troops. Okay, because I want to know about the troops, and then coming back with our closing comments. Last segment, general friend of. Okay, what do you think's coming next, folks? Please share this program. It's too important. You have to understand what's coming. You have to share this. You all have to get in this digital war. I'll be right back. Right after this. Sorry about that. Okay, we're going to go to the last segment. Okay, folks, you're seeing it a little bit different because we're we're trying to maximize time here with the breaks and have it in the radio format so all the radio audience can have that. So let me come back. Here we go. So, so let me, yeah, yeah. Stand by. Okay. Okay, folks, we're back. We're talking with General Michael Flynn. We were uh, talking before we went to the break about our troops. We were talking about this fellow 19 years in. You have to understand yeah. he didn't just walk away. He walked away from everything, retirement, yeah. the whole everything. thing, everything. And, and, you know, and of course the military is they're you know, they're crucifying him, uh, you know, because he's like, how dare you, you know, you're not part of the team. No, he's because actually he's doing saying, it. I'm not taking the shot. I mean, that's just not, all it is. Not, I, I don't want myself to be murdered. I don't want to be killed by this, by this crate. I mean, this vex and this guy, I guarantee this guy is probably one of the, he probably is not only in the top 1% of, of, of his abilities, he's probably, in terms of fitness, this guy is probably one of the most fit people you're going to ever meet. I, I, don't, I don't know this officer. I'm just, I get this from my, my friends in the military that are still serving that are just sick of this. And so 
I want people to understand that our military, the purpose of our military is to fight and win our nation's wars, not to be a social experiment for uh, the, the left or for this White House, not, to, not to, to, to see, well, if we give this kind of vaccine or that kind of test, or we do this kind of, I mean, what will happen? This is, we're, we're not, our military is not a bunch of lab rats. And, and I'm not, you know, I, believe me, I spent almost three and a half decades in the military. I've received a lot of shots, a lot of, I took a lot of pills. I took, you know, everything that they, that they, that, you know, in order to survive in some of the environments that I was, that I was uh, deployed to. So yeah, I get a whole battery of shots when you get yeah. ready to go to that different. Yeah, so I'm not, you know, people go, oh, he's anti-vax. No, I'm not anti-vax. I, I've had more shots in my rear end than most people <laughs> want in their arm. But uh, so, so the sentiment, so remember, fight and win our nation's wars. That's the purpose of our military, period, period. Fight, and the key word is win. The, the sentiment in the rank and file of the military is, is, is devastating right now. The, we have, a, we have a, a senior flag officer, a general officer, who was in an interview recently, and he talked about how the Army is not going to meet its recruiting goals. And that's a shame. And, it's, and, and, and I guarantee the talking point, the talking point was, well, they're not going to meet re- recruiting goals because we have an obesity problem in the country, right? And, and which, is, which is potentially true. But that right. doesn't keep people from joining. People will join the military to overcome a lot of things. And to also because they want to serve, we don't have a problem with obesity in terms of the the numbers joining the military or not. We have a problem with leadership. If That's people right. feel confident that our military is is fighting, is prepared, you know, trained, ready, prepared to fight and win our nation's wars, is a place where I can go and I can I can I can uh, maximize my potential. I can be better than who I am today, especially as a as a seventeen or an eighteen year old kid. Who's thinking about? I, you know, I don't know quite what I want to do. I don't have a. I call it a PhD. I don't have a papa that has dough. You know, so I'm going to go and I'm going to I'm going to join the armed forces. I'm going to join our Army, Navy, Marine Corps, uh, Air Force, whatever. And I'm going to go make my make something of myself. And I always tell young people, you know, you don't have to stay in for 20 years. You don't have to stay in for 30 years. You can just go in and just learn something. And but most important, learn about yourself. That's the kind of leadership that I want in our in our armed forces. And, and frankly, if our armed forces, when you come in and the, one of the first things you're doing in basic combat training is you're learning about critical race theory or, or social emotional development instead of how to, how to shoot your rifle downrange and hit, hit your target or, or work as a, as a member of a buddy team. I mean, so, so people in our armed forces are under, they really are, they're under attack. And, and frankly, I... I am very, very concerned. I'm very concerned that we uh, lack the ability to win a a war against, uh, a, a, you know, a big war against China, against Russia, um, and n- never mind what Biden has. His Biden keeps using the the N word, right? The nuclear word, which is it's 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 just insane that he has. We've talked, and, and they and they use it out of the out of the Defense Department too. We should not be fighting the last war. We should not be. We, we should be engaged in the war that is in front of us. And that That's war right. is a war. It's a war of narratives. It's an information war. It is definitely a spiritual war because there is a godlessness in, in all of what the left represents. And, and, you know, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that I'm perfect and I haven't made mistakes, you know, far from it. But what I would say is that I, I do believe that there is a higher being. I absolutely 
And I, let me tell you, like my old man, my, my father's a World War II career vet. He's deceased. But he would always say, you know, I, and as a kid growing up, he'd always say, I never met an atheist in a foxhole, you know, because when all of a sudden when the when there's a when there's somebody that's trying to kill you, you know, you're praying to somebody, believe me. That's right. And and you're you're praying that there's a God and that, that God helps you at that point in time. Maybe you never spoke to to that to that person, you know, before that higher being before, but believe me, you when the when the shit hits the fan, you find them real quick. You, you find them real quick. And so uh that but that is all removed. That's all removed. It it falls away when you're in the battle. Uh general in the last minute and a half of the program here. Uh what would be your parting words for everybody and how okay. can we help you along your battle in because they're dragging you deeper into this battle? Yeah, so uh, people can go to generalflynn.com. I, I've got uh, our, our my latest book is Citizens Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. You know, that's a that's a a copy of it right there. Um, I am I am under subpoenas again by uh, by a quasi January sixth committee. I still am, you know, under subpoena for that. I mean, so you know, I have a I have a, a legal uh, defense fund that I that I've also set up, and people can help me out. And I appreciate every nickel and dime and. It goes directly to paying my my legal bills, which are you know they're out of control. Um, but I, I really you know I, I what I really want to leave with people is the idea to get involved. And and we are a consent of the governed, but we only um, only when we when the citizenry of this country stands up, steps up, and speaks up and demonstrates some courage in your communities. And and I we are a bottom up. Uh, built country. We weren't built from the top down. We were built from the bottom up. And thank God for our founders who many of our founders were in their, they, they were in their twenties when they signed the declaration. So, um, so I want people to stand up, step up, speak up, get involved. I use the phrase, uh, you know, a local action equals a national impact. I mean, not everybody has the platform that I have. Let those guys like me use my use the platform that we have to fight the battles at this level. And we will. And trust me, we will. And we won't give up. But if you're in a community, you fight the battles in your community the way you can. Absolutely, folks. Support General Flynn. Go to GeneralFlynn.com. General Flynn, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's program. God bless, Jovan. Thank you. Thanks to your audience, too. Okay, there you go, General Flynn. I'm glad we could do that really quick. Uh, we got a little free time here. If you just want to kind of talk to the audience, I'll let them yeah. see this. Uh, yeah. Let me see that book again. I want I want to uh, – that's a really unique shape of a book. Why did you decide yeah. to put it that way? So, I mean, I'm getting the – yeah, so yeah. In, the mili- in the military, we have training manuals. Tra- so, the, so the title of this is Citizen's Guide – to fifth generation warfare introduction to five GW. Now we can we can find this at Barnes and Noble. Et you can find it Bar- Barnes and Noble. Yeah, Amazon. We were on Amazon. We were number one uh, overall. We were number one overall in the movers and shakers category. We were number one in the in the in the uh, the psychology category, and we were rapidly moving to be in the top fifty and moving towards. I think we we'd have been in the top ten. And once we sur- we surpassed uh, the former vi- you know Vice President Pence's book, his book was dropping. Ours was right, you know, ours was going to like forty six. We passed right. Mich- we passed Michelle Obama's book, and uh, and then Amazon took us offline. And so we had a backup, good enough, and we had the plan. Uh, and our plan was to go to Barnes and Noble. So now people can go to Barnes and Noble, and Barnes and Noble now we are we are a bestseller on Barnes and Noble. So why that uh, shape? Why that shape? So so good 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 question. So we. In the military, we have training manuals, okay? And myself and my co-author is a, is a sergeant from the Army of Psychological Operations. And I, of course, it was, came out of the intelligence side of the military. So 
This level, it's a, it's, you'll either get a five by five or a six by six, but it's the size of a military training manual because the way we have structured this guide is it's, it's like, it's like a, uh, excuse me, it's like, in, you know, you're going to see it and it reads. Anybody that's ever been in the military is going to go, oh my God, this is exactly, it's got pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got, it's got pictures, right? I mean, we've got, you know, so we show, you know, f- designs and, and, and pictures and it's got a, it's got a very, uh, the, the way we broke it down in terms of the chapters, you know, know your physical and cognitive environment. We've got it. We've got sub chapters. It is exactly like a military training manual. And then at the end of every chapter, at the end of every chapter, we just like they have in military manuals, we have a homework. We have a homework break. Right. Okay, so in the homework breaks, you get. So what we want people to do is when you read it, these are the this is the kind of, of book that you uh, I want people to to sit down and read and make notes in. And then when you get to the to the to the homework break at the end of the chapter, believe me, it's going to cause you to be to go in there and really answer some some questions that we put at the end of every single chapter just like a military training manual so that's how we designed it and and we did it purposely because i want people to tear this book apart i mean you can see i mean this is my this is my copy i mean i rip pages out of it because i want to i want to know you know there's there's i i I might carry a page with me on something to, to to talk to but this is a it's a great I mean, you can see it. It's great. It's got a yeah, nice I recognize little, it. It looks like the and, film and survival guy. You, you can, and the other, the other thing about it, you can like in, in like in the military, right? You can put a cup of coffee on this. You can dump a cup of coffee on it, and and it, and the coffee will roll right off. It's a nice, nice uh, feel jacket. But uh, I love that. It's 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 a guide, and it's meant for citizens. It's it's written it's written for for the lay person to understand the war that we are facing, and there are five define generations of warfare and we define all of them in there and then we talk about in detail the fifth generation and because one of the things that they've done Jovan is they've pitted even in our own you know and you, you've seen this you know, within our own team of people they they pit neighbor against neighbor but yes. it's really it's not that your neighbor is your enemy the enemy is is this is this shift in this left you know globalist elite and if you want to take it to a strategic level, it's this crowd that, that wants this new world order and, and, you know, the Bill Gates, George Soros, Klaus Schwab's of the world. And then down at, down at, a, at, a, at a more uh, sub-macro level, particularly in, in, the, in the United States of America, it is a, it is a body of elites uh, on the left that are in power, that are in power in the White House and in the, uh, the, I call it the security state, the CIA, the FBI, in the federal government. And these are real, these are real people. These are real and they and they they have a real idea to change this country from, you know, from a constitutional republic to a uh, really a, a socialist, uh, you know, a socialist country. I mean, I don't know how many of your listeners, you know, uh, follow the G20. I follow the G20. I follow those kinds of issues because they're that's the kind of stuff that I that interests me. And you know, so the G20 signed off on a on a vaccine, a global vaccine card. So what does that mean? That means that when, when we go to a global vaccine card, if you don't have your card that shows that you've been vaccinated, then you may not be able to travel. You may not even be able to leave your own hometown. You know, you may get you may get on a, on a federal highway, you know, I-95 or I-5 out in California, and you get stopped by a, you know, a, a sheriff or you get stopped by a federal law enforcement, a state highway patrol. And they might be under the under the rubric of, well, if, you, if they don't have their vax card, 
you have to tell them to either go back home or they're going to get a ticket or maybe they're going to start issuing tickets. I mean, we're going to go to a, a 100% global vaccination card. The second thing that we're going to go to is we're going to go to a digital currency card, much like they have in the in China, where everything that you spend, you know, your 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 digital footprint and and your carbon footprint and your ESG score, right? They're already going on these ESG scores for for uh, corporations and companies, right? That's a invite your essentially your environmental and social scores, right? And uh, it's really something. I mean, that's what they want, and they're going to try to put these things in place in the next two years. That's why early on in the show, we talked about you know, going after the rule of law. It's so counterintuitive. You know, they're going to expect, you know, they're going to, we want to stop the invasion. Hey, Abbott can stop the invasion in, in Texas if he wanted to. That's he, right, he could. if he wanted to. He's got, I understand he's got 40, 40 counties now that have declared an invasion. There's like 240 something counties, I think, in Texas. What is Abbott waiting for? You know, frankly, he's got New Mexico, now Arizona, if it goes to, you know, the Hobbit and then uh, and then the the, the madman in California. Well, we're, I mean, they're going to bypass Texas anyways, because they're just going to the numbers that have come in are five million. It could be up to twenty five million in the next two years. I've been and, watching. And I too. so so, you know, I, I uh, I'm, I'm concerned. Uh, um, there are times when I feel frightened for our country. Uh, I, I think that our, I think that the people of this country need to, they, you know, there's no more, well, I don't know. I don't buy it. I mean, you know, I mean, there's, there, this is, these are not, I, I'm, I am, I, uh, I, I read something earlier, uh, the other day and, and it had to do with conspiracy theories. Right. And the person wrote back and said, no, I'm a conspiracy realist. Right. And, and so that's, I'm going to start using that. Because I, I like that because uh, I'm a conspiracy realist, meaning that conspiracies are real. And, uh, and when we are, when we, uh, when we talk about all this craziness about gender and, and all the madness, I mean, it's just, it's, it's so outrageous. You know, when, when uh, we have people talking about transhumanism at, at the World Economic Forum and the idea of AI and the idea of changing humans and, and, you know, uh, blending humans and machines and all these crazy things, transhumanism, trans, trans means change. And then of course, humans changing humans into something other than what they are. So if, if again, back to, if you have any kind of faith in, in, a, in God, then, uh, you know, then, 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 then you look at something like that and you say, that's, that's crazy. And it is, I, I, I personally think it's crazy. You know, I, I'm all for finding, finding ways to to help people finding cures for cancer, cures for, you know, for heart disease, uh, you know, uh, the, the, these uh, men and women who have served in combat and have had and have lost limbs. I mean, if they can be helped through artificial uh, limbs and such, I mean, I'm all for all that kind of stuff. But Absolutely. these people are talking about changing the DNA of a human being. To augment us as a whole. To augment us. Exactly. So we're, we're uh, you know, our, are we like some, you know, like I say, I'm sharing, you know, some, some intimate conversations with you, but I, you know, are we at the, are we at the end of our rope? Right. And there's no stool. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, where are we as a nation? The fact of life is that every nation state rises and they fall. And I had a fascinating conversation with a, with a, a close friend who used to serve in the Reagan administration in the white house Counsel's office. Great, great mentor. 
and uh, and uh, still active. You know, he's an older gentleman, but he's still active. We had a, about an hour conversation about the fall of the Athenian Empire, and which which I've I've studied a lot of that those sorts of issues, you know, and, and particularly that particular one, you know, and, and one of the things that it was a Republic form of government. It had a, it had the strongest uh, military in the world. It was the wealthiest country, wealthiest nation state, you know, in the world at the time it was the, it was the leading empire, right? They were in charge of everything. And, uh, and over time they extended themselves economically, militarily, politically, they got themselves in, into various messes, in, you know, particularly in the, in the Europe at the time. And, and uh, so it was like the boiling frog effect. And then suddenly, suddenly Athens fell. And, and so there's no more, you don't run into any Athenians, right? There's no more Athenians. I mean, maybe somebody's from the city of Athens in Greece, but it's not there, it's, it's different, right? So that empire rose, it was the greatest empire in the history of the, world at that time, and they, and they completely collapsed. That is a fact of life for all uh, rising, in, uh, rising powers. Eventually, somebody punches them in the nose, uh, but they typically don't fail, as Athens did not fail because it, it lost a military battle. It right. didn't. It, you know, it, 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 it had some serious losses at the end, but it, was, it failed because the system of government failed uh, in, in and of itself, it collapsed. It, it imploded. It imploded it from, from the, the inside. inside. It rotted from the inside, just as Rome did, and just as uh, many other uh, uh, empires: the Islamic Empire, you know, the Ottoman Empire, the uh, the Mesopotamian Empire, uh, Byzantine Empire. I mean, the, the British Empire. The British Empire rotted from the inside because they they there was so. I mean, it was the arrogance of the British globally that just rotted from the inside instead of taking care of the colonies and treating them with dignity and respect, they treated them like slaves. Right. And, and, uh, and that's because of that's the way they, they were at that time. So the United States of America has a lot going for it. And that, that uh, lot going for it is the majority of the population. And so if you were to take Let's say all everybody on the you know you draw a line down the middle, right? Democrats on the left, Republicans on the right. If you just said, okay, all the people on the right, and I'm not talking about right, far right, you know, like they try to right. describe me, far right conspiracy theorists, right? All the people that are on, that are right of that center line, you know, let's just say that's 150 million people, and right. the other side is 150 million people. That that other side, the left of that line, of that 150 million people. I actually think that there's a hundred million people, and I don't have any data to back this up, but I think there's a hundred million people left of that line that love this country, that don't want to see any all the the craziness. They don't want higher gas prices. They don't want higher food prices. They don't want higher housing prices. They don't want higher interest rates. You know, they they want their bank accounts. They want their IRAs. I think there's about a hundred million people that want that I left of the that. line. And that. so what I want, what, you know, and maybe there's some of them listening to you and I, I, I pray that there are and, 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 you know, only because just saying uh, a pray, you know, reminds that a lot of those people are Christians. That's right. And they, they just, and so they, they they make decisions based on a whole range of, of, of things in their lives and that's fine. But I actually believe that most of those people love this country and want to see it continue to be this beautiful constitutional Republic that's, you know, that we can freely express who we, you know, what, what we're doing, all, all of our rights, right? We can go to go to whatever faith, 
based system we want. I mean, all the things that we have, right? I actually believe that there's a lot of those people. And, and to me, that's my outreach. That's my outreach. It's because there's a, there's going to be a group of people that sort of always are the, the, the constitutional conservatives. They believe in the country. They vote conservative. You know, they, they believe in a certain set of values. And we always, I always thought those were American values. And I, and I always say this uh, because maybe, you know, I, I think I may have said this one of the times we, we talk, but, you know, I, I grew up in the New England, I grew up in Rhode Island, stayed around heavily Democrat. We grew up as a Democratic family. My, you know, we were all Democrats, right? I mean, right. because that's what my parents were. And so, but we never looked at America as a bad place. These people hate America. So that's very true. There, there's a small segment that are now in, infiltrated into our government. And I mean infiltrated, and I, and I use that word very specifically. And that includes the Chinese and includes, you know, other nations, but particularly the Chinese. But we have a, an infiltration of a socialist communist segment inside of our government. And it's not that many, but they control the levers of power at the federal level. And so we are now in a place where we, we have got to fight against that. Otherwise, at, at, a, at a certain point, you're only going to be useful if they feel like you're useful for their purposes. Okay. Otherwise, just like what happened. Yeah. Just like what happened in, uh, in, uh, in Germany, Nazi Germany in the thirties. Right. I mean, everybody loved Hitler at the time at, you know, when he was coming to power, all the Germans. Right. And all of a sudden he, he's like, wow, man, this guy's a nut job. And he, and he is. And so, you know, when you talk about Stalin, when you talk about Hitler, when you talk about Mao Zedong, when you talk about Pol Pot, uh, and you talk about you know some of the vari the variations of other leaders from sort of the the, the late fifties, sixties, and seventies, you know, and and into the eighties, even around the world, Idi Amin's of the world, right? I mean, there's there's others, other uh, uh, you know, out there. I mean, that those names right there, they probably murdered, I don't know, definitely over a hundred million people oh, on the million. planet, on the planet. I mean. Mao or, or uh, Stalin is, I think, 60 million alone. So Mao is probably another 20 to 30. I mean, th they don't have any problems killing off entire layers of their populations in order to gain power and to take control and to be basically in control and in power of everything, every aspect of our life. Our government, our system of government is not a system of government that is a, uh, a, we're not a democracy. We're not a democracy. They, they want to tell you that it's the dangerous to democracy. We're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic and we're based on the rule of law. Right. Based on the rule of law. So as, as I, as I, I've, I've been really giving this a lot of thought and, and watching and, and reading and, and speaking and talking to people from the, I mean, I, I'm a grassroots guy, you know, I, I, I I don't like the muckety mucks. I don't like the the places where it's like C and D seen. I could give a shit about that. Excuse me, you know. But but you know you 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 have. And I don't play that game of of going into a place just to be seen. I, right. If I go to some places for a purpose, and if they give me and if they give me a a, a minute to speak my piece, I'm going to speak my piece, and people are going to know exactly where I stand. And and so we we have to at the grassroots level in America. People have to join. They have to join something. Don't just sit there and and it's you know you're, you're going to get informed, but don't just sit there and not participate. The, this, the citizenry of our country is a participative system of government where we the we have to participate. 
And we do it, we do it through our vote, right? Which is a totally broken system. And we elect our officials in a republic system of government where they're supposed to represent us. If they don't represent us, you throw them out. But we're we're in this place now where I want more and more people to I want more people to run for school board. I want more people to run for boards of supervisors. I want more people to run for county election commissioners. I want more people to run for committeemen. You know, I want more people to be involved in the political life. One of the things I've learned, and I'll stop here. One of the things I learned at my local level, because I got involved in the in the Sarasota Republican uh, Executive Committee, which is a body right now. It's about 250 people. It, and it can, and you it, physically it, worked the polls yeah. election day. Yeah, you know, I, I went to, you know, a, a poll greeting, all that stuff, right? So, because I, I wanted to, I wanted to understand, I, I, you know, my days in the military, I could never do it. In the last couple of years, I couldn't do it. So I did this, this was my, really my first uh, uh, opportunity. But the level of, of um, th- there's, what, what has grown, and, and this is a positive. So what has grown in the last couple of years in my community, in my county, are a lot of these clubs. And, and, they're, and they're just clubs from community. So somebody in a community took on the leadership realm, the leadership uh, um, you know, mantle, and they went around and they, and they organized and they said, hey, let's meet and let's talk about what's happening. And let's, because we have community rules, right? We have community uh, you know, policies. And then those policies can turn into you know, updating the zoning orders or the zoning ordinances in a, in a county or in a town or a parish. I mean, that's how we get involved. So the rise of, of clubs, and I call them clubs because that's what most of them call them. So some, it's some type of, you know, this it's the Boca Royale Club, or it's this club, or it's the Englewood Club. You know? And these are these are great things. And they're frankly, now maybe it's because it's Florida, there are a lot of people that are my age, but I like it because these are people with experience and they've decided I'm not going to retire now. I'm going to now get back involved in my community. I love it. I have been told that that is the case. When I when we were up in Pennsylvania with our Reawaken tour, I had a great conversation with some grassroots people and they, they saw the same thing. And that's why, you know, you know there's, that's why no way in the world did, did Doug Mastrano lose his race up in uh, up in Pennsylvania. You know, the, the system's broken. You know, Fetterman? I mean, come on. He's a he's a number. He's a number to Chuck Schumer. That's all he is. He's a number. He's not a, you know, sad. I feel sad for him, and I, I feel uh, I, I get frustrated or angry, really, at his family because, God, how could they abuse, abuse him like that? But anyway, yes. anyway, I said, so get involved. And I see involvement happening all over the place. And, uh, and, you know, and then, you know, I, I just think that that's, that's how we are going to save our country. Because if we're waiting, if you're waiting for a solution out of Washington, DC, forget it. That's right. General, I appreciate your generous times uh, with us tonight. Uh, America appreciates you. I appreciate you. Thank you for all you do for us and the continued fight for it. And thank you for joining me. God bless you, Jovan. Thank you. Take care. Okay, folks, let me remind you, here's our battle cry. Twice.
Most people are afraid to stand up and speak out, but not you. You've been learning how to tell the system to cut the crap. What can I do to help save the America I love? And the answer is, learn how to fight back and tell the system to cut the crap. Cut the crap's not just a radio program, it's a movement. The right kind of movement, which breaks free the conservative constipation and reminds you that you are the majority, and we're just not going to take it anymore. Make sure you're following Joe Bon Hunt and Pulitzer on all social media. See you next week, and between now and then, take a stand and tell them all to cut the crap.